Coming up on this edition of the Goldilocks Zone, we're going to talk instruments. No, not the kind you do surgery with. No, not the kind you measure things with. No, it is the kind you play music with. Musical instruments, the wacky, the whimsical, the fun, and as usual, I'm going to rail on some perfectly normal thing. It's going to be a fun episode. Join us. The Goldilocks Zone is going to start for you right now. You're entering the Goldilocks Zone, episode number 24, recorded September 3rd, 2015. Instrumental to making music. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Goldilocks Zone. I'm Sean Jennings, and I'm joined, as always, by uh, the conductor of this program, Standing up on his pulpit, Mr. Matt Mariani. How are we doing, Mr. Music Man? The Music Man. The you know, Music uh, Man leading the band. We got trouble, my friends. Yes, we've in got the, trouble right here in River City. In the capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. That's about all I know from the Music Man. Uh, I'm doing well, Matt. I'm excited to be here, as always. I can't think of a better way to spend my Thursday evening. Likewise, I'm enjoying uh, this this heat wave we're going through. It is also known as the summertime. Very hot. Uh, Can't be good for musical instruments. I think that uh, musical instruments don't like the heat or the cold, right? They don't really like the extremes of either way. Especially the wood instruments, right? The wood is going to grow and contract with the moisture. It's all warped. Yes, warped. Mm. I always really I like that word. Very technical term. Mm. I like it. They always say that. My my, uh, sorry, I couldn't play the right notes. My instrument is warped, and I don't know how to play. And my dog ate my homework. And uh, yeah, yeah. Sounds like all those excuses, musician excuses. <laughs> well, you know, famous uh, musicians, famous for their excuses. Um, wonderful. Well, thanks everybody, of course, out there for joining us. This is the Goldilocks Zone. In case you've never tuned in before, the show where Matt and I just really talk about whatever the hell we want for about 40 to 50 minutes each week. Um, and we have fun doing it, I think, anyway. Um, and we think you should join us. Goldilockshow.com is the website. You can also get the audio version at uh, soundcloud.com slash Show. You can also uh, search for us on YouTube and, of course, subscribe on uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, Pocket Cast, all the podcast apps. We're probably there. And the link to subscribe and all the links are on the website, Goldilockshow.com, and, of course, on Twitter at Show. Musical Instruments... Matt, very popular the world over. Uh, what is your favorite musical instrument, Matt? Why don't we st- why don't wow. we start there? It's a it's a t- hey, it's a tough question. It is a tough question. It's a very tough question. Uh, my favorite musical instrument? I don't know. I, I feel like I like. Um, I'm kind of partial to the strings. Um, I mean, I dabble in the violin myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how does one dabble, dabble. in violin? I, it's a good question. I kind of pick it up and just see whatever works. <laughs> see what happens. I okay. am taking I am taking uh, lessons in violin. It's kind of fun every uh, once in a while. Interesting. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Um, I don't know why I'm throwing books off my desk. There was like I was thinking maybe maybe the uh, the answer would be under one of these books for what my favorite musical instrument is. Do you need is, a but, hand, Matt? Uh, do you want me to jump I in so you have a minute to think? No, you know what? I, I actually, I really like the harpsichord. The harpsichord. Now that is the an harpsichord interesting choice. is a very interesting choice. I, I learned a fun fact doing research for this show, actually, about the harpsichord. So I guess that that should be our our starting point, right? Absolutely. So the harpsichord, 
um, was actually invented by the same person. Often he goes uncredited, but this is this is kind of surprising to learn. Um, the harpsichord was invented by the same person who invented the guillotine, right? So the guillotine with the the um, remember the, the famous execution device that the blade, the blade, that blade and off. drops down and cuts your head off. That same guy came up, and his name was not guillotine. Was it harpsichord? No. Um, I'll tell you his name in a second. But there was a Dr. Guillotine that they wound up assigning the name to. Uh. Um, and he perfected this device. He made it so that it chopped people's heads off even better. Because it was his philosophy that um, no matter what, like whatever class you were a part of, if you committed a crime, you should be punished the same exact way. And that it should be done, I guess, humanely. So it humanely chopped off people's heads during the famously during the French Revolution. His last name was Guillotine. But the idea for such a device came from the inventor of the harpsichord. And he went by the name of... Oh, come on, Wikipedia, you're letting me down. Andreas Ruckers. Oh. He invented it in 1646. Um... Rutgers, of course, was a Dutchman. And, yeah. So he, he invented this this uh, harpsichord, which wound up gaining almost instantaneous popularity. Um, obviously predated the piano by about 100 years. So it was making um, piano music. Uh, piano music didn't really originate till the end of, like, the 18th century. Before then, you had the harpsichord. It was a very, very famous instrument. Uh, obviously, Mozart, Bach, um, and uh, Handel, they all played the harpsichord. That was where all their, all their music was, was written. So, uh, yeah, the harpsichord to me always had like such a unique sound, I think, that very different from any other instrument. Do you think it's, it's better than the piano? Are you are you going to put it one above a yeah. piano? Yeah, I'm, I'll say it's better than the piano. Sure, wow. I think it I think it takes more skill to play just because it's um, the keys are actually very much smaller than a piano, which is actually a testament to how people were sized back in in the sixteenth or the seventeenth and the eighteenth centuries. They were a lot smaller, which is a fact that I like to relay uh, to students all the time. I like to tell them how. People like 300, just as, as as early as 300 years ago, were actually sizably smaller in stature mm-hmm. than your modern human being. They mm-hmm. were the the high, like the you'd be considered an absolute giant if you were five ten, five eleven. Well, yeah, like, you go into old houses and all the door frames tall. are like really low. Yeah, and people got really tall. They think it has to do with um, an increased level of of meat in our diet, protein, maybe. Uh, I'm sure that good old HGH didn't hurt mm. once we started putting that into, no. the, into Matt, the food. Matt, how, how tall do you think humans will get? 
Oh, I, I think the sky's the limit, Sean. Literally, the sky, the sky is the limit. And, and this is this is in, in every literal sense of the word. I think the sky <laughs> is the limit. I think 300 years from now, maybe we'll be like the average height will be like seven foot five. And then like, who knows? Maybe uh, like 2000 years from now, we'll be like as tall as buildings and skyscrapers. Oh. We'll be able to like traverse oceans. Uh, That'd okay. be awesome. All right, all right. I feel like at some point gravity's got to shut that down. Like, when do you get so say, tall? All right, no more. Like your legs have gravity. to be so muscly to like keep you from falling over. Gravity will put an end to that. Yeah. Or we'll run out of resources and have to flee the planet. I'm not sure which one will come first. There but... you go. Would you yeah. think you'd be really short in space? Oh, if you were in space? Yeah, if you like grew you'd... grew from a child into a You'd be really dead if you were in space. No. Right? No, in like zero gravity. <laughs> you know what I mean. Stop that. Stop that. Uh no, no, but like I feel like this we're, we're so off topic, I don't even care, but I, I'm I'm interested because you would because our bodies are growing against gravity, they have a place yeah. they, they go up, they have a place to go, but I feel like in zero G you wouldn't grow mm. as tall? I don't know. That's a good question. I I think that they they must have tested this out, and that's what I'm. I was trying to. I was just trying to look it up real quick. They I they must have. If I had to guess, I would say like your your bones would your bones wouldn't be able to expand, right? In in zero gravity, I think that you would you'd probably just stay the same, the same exact height. Like I don't because think you'd no be able to. Because astronauts come back shorter. I don't know. Is that a myth? Is that a real thing? Oh, it could be they an urban legend. Short. I I know I've read somewhere that legend. they measure, and it's like barely anything, but but it's but like a little bit shorter. It's like you get muscle atrophy in space because you're you're again you're not fighting gravity, so there's nothing for you to. This is way off topic. Matt, musical instruments. Let's. I still have a I have a theory, Sean. I'm oh, gonna boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna dole out this crazy theory oh, of mine, boy. and then we'll return to musical instruments. But oh, I okay. think. Getting back, like, once you get to the moon, I think that it seriously increases your lifespan. I think that it actually adds years to your life to fly to the moon. Okay, and I'm dying to hear the reason behind this theory. Neil Armstrong, is he is still alive. Yes. He's he's quite old at that. I think he's pushing. How old is he? How old is Neil Armstrong? Oh, wait, no, Neil Armstrong's dead, Matt. Wait a minute. He he is absolute. Buzz Aldrin is alive. <laughs> okay, maybe I was thinking of Buzz Aldrin. No, Neil Armstrong is definitely dead. D- did he die? He died recently, right? No, I don't yes, think... he died in in 2012. Okay, that was okay. All right, so all right, he is dead. Not that recent, but okay. But he was 82 when he passed away, which I guess is kind of part average. Of the, yeah, actually, like the. The textbook average. Yeah, it's almost exactly average. How old is Buzz Aldrin? He's getting. He's probably about the same age. Just I don't know. add three years. I thought. I thought he was a lot older. It, it just yeah. seemed like in pictures and videos and stuff. I thought. I thought that Neil Armstrong was like pushing ninety-two or something. Um, I don't think that's. Would you like to know, Sean, what the first musical instrument played in space is? While we're on the topic of space and coincidentally musical instruments, got to be it's got to be a guitar, right? Harmonica. I'm gonna say guitar or harmonica. Hmm. 
I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and venture a guess. I'm going to say the piano. I think that it was a recording of a piano, just for some reason. Oh, wait, I think... wait, 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 wait. You mean like playing oh, of an audio clip or the yes, playing of an actual? Yes, audio clip. I, oh. I, don't think, I don't think to date a... a, a... Although they brought a guitar on this, I know there's been they a brought guitar a guitar. Yeah, station, there has been so a guitar. That's that I was guessed. the first one. Yeah, I oh. meant I just meant like recording. Oh, I I wouldn't. I don't even. I don't even know one of the a keytar, or one of the guitars with two or three necks on it. Well, according know. to what I've found, actually the first ever musical instrument played in space was actually a trumpet. Hmm. It was played by oh, Frank of course, famous uh, trumpet, uh, trumpet, uh, uh, um, uh, Louis Armstrong. Louis, Armstrong. Oh, Louis, yeah, Louis Armstrong was on the moon. That's the moon. right. That's right. Famous and, trumpet yeah. on the moon. Uh, yeah, he played the trumpet in 2001 on board the International Space Station. Wow. There are pictures of that. As far as I can tell. And this is just after a quick Google search. I think that was the first musical instrument um, in space. And then, of course, actually, the, the the astronaut who brought his guitar into space, he was a Canadian astronaut. Yeah, Hatfield? A lot of people don't know that. Yes, yes. Yeah, Chris Hatfield. Hatfield. He's cool. Follow him on Twitter. He's fun on Twitter. Yeah. Now, he sounds like a cool guy to follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the harpsichord is a pretty crazy instrument. It is. It's kind of like a piano. I, I'm waiting. I think that they should play the, the harpsichord in space. I don't know about you. I don't know how they would get one up there. Now, do you know the difference between a harpsichord and a piano? The difference between them? Yes. Does it have to do with tuning? Tuning nope. frequencies? Nope. Does it have to do with the size of the strings that nope. they... What is the difference? So, uh, in a piano, Lightness. right, it, it's the hammers that hit the strings, right? Yeah. Now, in a clavichord, the strings are struck by tangents, which I don't know what that means, but they're struck by something else that's not a <laughs> hammer. In a harpsichord, they're actually plucked by quills. Oh, cool. So, rather than being hit, they're plucked. Oh, that's and that's why the sound that's is so different. different. I don't know. I always I prefer the sound of a harpsichord over the piano. I think it's well, pianos something are, like so forgotten about it. That's what it is, so right? Robotic. Pianos yeah. are everywhere. It, yeah. You're used to hearing a piano. A harpsichord is like a nice surprise. Exactly. I'm waiting for some more harpsichord albums to come out. <laughs> more more rock uh, rock harpsichord. <laughs> Rocksichord. Rocksichord. That could be the name of your album. Your harpsichord rock album. Rocksichord. Rock, yeah. Rocksichord. Yes, I love it. It's very good. Sounds great. Matt, do you know what okay. my favorite instrument is? I would like to know what your favorite instrument is, Sean the Bandman. It is the sexiest of instruments. Ah, you're of course talking about the uh, oboe. That yeah. ludicrous oboe. Yes. No, it's not the oboe. It's like the least sexy instrument. The didgeridoo. No, that's barely an instrument. Come on. <laughs> what is the what is the instrument you are speaking Here, of? Here's another clue. It was a mainstay of the eighties. Oh, that's the synthesizer. No, I don't know if that qualifies no, as an instrument. No. It was also a mainstay of the twenties. Cocaine. 
No, it's cocaine the, is really the the instrument that has the twenties and the eighties. Really gets me singing. No. Again, I'm not sure if that's the instrument. You can maybe <laughs> say the nose is the instrument, but I would say it's an organ. You blow it, which is actually an instrument. So, and our uh, one of our presidents famously played it. Oh boy. I don't know if I should say what I want to say on no, this show. No, Matt, it's but... the saxophone. <laughs> the saxophone is my personal favorite. Oh, uh, okay. No, I love nothing more than a good rock song with a with a with a saxophone solo in the middle for no reason. That's that's my favorite thing. Can't beat that. I love what is it? Uh, uh, Baker Street. By uh, by uh, who's that? Gary? Is it Gary Rafferty? Raff? Can't remember who it. You know that song with the sax with the saxophone. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, is that what that's... That's the name of that song? Yeah. Okay. That song is great. I love that song. It's really catchy. And they play a saxophone. So anyway. Sherlock Holmes lived on Baker Street. He did. Maybe the song's about him. Or it's unrelated. I don't really know. That's a good question. So, yeah, that's... Okay. Now that I know the name of that song, I'll go ahead and put that on the iPod. But What other instruments are there to talk about, Matt? No, I, well, I thought we were going to talk more about the saxophone. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't really have much more to add uh, beyond that, to, to be Invented honest. by Adolf Sachs. <laughs> and, and I did not make that up. That is true. Well, it's like I a saxophone, right? It's I learned idea. that. Uh, he invented it fairly recently. Yeah, 1840 is when he Adolf Sachs came up with the, the saxophone invention. His goal was to create a group of instruments that would be the most powerful and vocal of the woodwinds. Yeah. So he essentially wanted to just co-opt the woodwind instrument family and just dominate it. And and that's what he, I guess, what he did, what he strived to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually he decided his design should be most appropriate for uh, uh, military bands and easy transportation. Although you don't really, I mean, you don't really associate saxophone with the military, but brass, yeah. I guess. But but it's, uh, you, yeah, you say like more brass instruments are part of the military. But the saxophone it has now obviously gotten its, um, it's, got, it's found its niche in the jazz environment. I happen to be a fan of jazz. I like, I oh, like jazz. jazz music. Jazz music is Absolutely. nice. Smooth, Agreed. very nice to listen to. Agreed. And it's nice music that, you, I mean... I would never sit and and like just appreciate any other form of music. I think you can really like that, that jazz festival. It's like a really like true phenomenon. Like you could just sit and in, like enjoy jazz like you would enjoy a fine wine or although a great novel. You're telling me you don't sit and enjoy a fine Miley Cyrus song, right? You don't sit and, and appreciate it for its raw musical ability. I would have to. I'd have to go ahead and say no. I, I, I generally don't consider that to be music. So, <laughs> that's me. I that generally... that sounds like a cacophony of 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 like ear vomit. So, hmm. so to me, that that would not be something I would do. I would not sit and enjoy it. I would probably get up and then turn it off. All right, probably. Matt. I want to try this. Um... We're gonna play the saxophone. Yeah, I'm gonna see. Let's see if we can get live on the saxophone air. in here. <laughs> Watch as we get taken off of uh, YouTube. All right, and we gotta do this, and that is plugged in. 
All right, let's see. Matt, you're going to have to tell me if you can hear this. The folks at home will definitely hear it. The question is, will you? Once YouTube starts playing. It's real fun for the folks at home. Yep, just wait for our YouTube to load. I'm I'm trying to scan to find more history of the saxophone. You can I tell can, we uh, really do our homework on the show. I can I can keep you guys distracted while Sean loads up this song. Can you hear that? Uh, no, I cannot hear that. Do you want me to like guess the notes? Is that what this just game is? Just the sax, man. Just the sax. Welcome to Watch Do you want me to guess what instrument it is? That's kind of a fun game. In pop and rock. While the saxophone How about is you sing what you sound you think a saxophone music, would sound many like? Many pop and rock musicians have adapted the instrument into their sound. Alright. Well that's not gonna work. Alright, never mind. Damn it. Oh, I just no. have no skill or ability here, Matthew. No skill or ability. I'm I'm ashamed and with uh Well with let myself. me know what kind of video you were gonna down you were gonna uh share with us. Yeah, I would and like then, to do uh, that. Maybe I'll look it. I'll look it up on my YouTube. Can you still hear me, Matt? It's all good. Matt, can you hear me? No, now you're coming in very muffled. Okay. How about now? Do I sound better? Much better. Okay. Now, if I play and I hit play, again, real fun for the folks at home. <laughs> can you hear that? Yes, I can hear for that. This list, you are saxophone a solos as sound well. wizard, Sean. Apparently, this is notable for Roger Waters. Distinctive... No, this isn't very good. Oh my God, this is like the worst show we've ever done, Matt. No. I'm just trying to find a good saxophone solo, and apparently, it's I think really this is, this is average at best so far. That sounds like a zoo or something. There you go. A little taste of some sax for you. Very good. It's exciting. The saxophone. I, I just want to hit the people at home with one more quick saxophone fun fact. Please do. All right. Uh, did you guys know that the inventor of the saxophone, Mr. Ray Saxophone. Sax, yeah. as we uh, established before... Did you know that he was born in Belgium? He was a Belgian. Uh, and that at an early age, he competed in a band concept, contest with his flute uh, and a clarinet. And he was 15 years old and he won, he won a prize and was able to play at the Royal Conservatory of Brussels. Wow. Wow. What Good an accomplishment. On him. And then... Oh, actually, this is kind of a, a sad fact and a, hmm. a, kind of a downer to end on, Mr. Sachs. He died in 1850, uh, rather 1894. He was diagnosed in 1853 with lip cancer. 
I did, I did not, not know you could. Up. I did not he know you could of, do that. He died of lip cancer. Huh. I did not know that was a real cancer, and it's actually kind of it's kind of sad that the inventor of the saxophone, saxophone got lip cancer. Had lip cancer. He died of lip cancer. It's not good. No. Wow. So on that note, all right, Matt, what, what's next? What, what else you want to talk about? <laughs> I have a crazy instrument because you know I, I've sort of gained the reputation on this show. The wacky I'm and crazy just, guy. Kind of just taking it off the rails. Yep. And the uh, musical instrument that uh, I looked up. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Oh, boy. The Kruth. Can Kruth, you spell how it? I would have pronounced it. Yeah, that's the fun part. It's spelled C-R-W-T-H. It's a Welsh instrument. That that can't be right. Comes to us comes to us from Wales. C R W T H. Um, I think it's pronounced the crew. Uh, if I all right, I'm going to try to describe it for the for the folks at home. It's a um, yeah, there it is. It's kind of a rectangular instrument, stringed instrument. Um, looks almost like a mandolin, but much more rectangular, much more like edged, has a lot more edges to it. And you play it with a bow, very similar to how you would play a, um, a violin or a viola. Has kind of like an Eastern sound to it, almost like a, a sitar. Well, to, yeah, it sounds very medieval but, to me. Yeah, to bow a sitar. It's actually one of the oldest instruments in Europe. Dates back to uh, before the 15th century. Um, it's yeah, a very old instrument. Uh, uh, it's also the national instrument of Wales. Like still? Uh, still, yeah. Like they like they remember it? I thought they would have forgotten about it. Oh no no no! This is this is like a. It actually has like a modern. It's having like a modern revival. Of course it's, it is. It's, it's very cool. hipster. Yeah, it's very, very hipster, I was going to say. Um, it's played extensively in, in, in um, like Celtic bands will sometimes have the crew. Um, the English came over, they decided to anglicize it, and they now call it a crowd. Mm. C-R-O-W-D, which, let's be honest, is uh, it's, that's already, that already has a definition. It it's need not even nearly as good. No. Yeah, the crude. Wow, that's um, interesting. If you come across an Englishman, or a Welshman for that matter, and his last name is Crowther, Crowder, Crowther, or Crowther, then chances are somebody way back on that family tree was a Kruth player. Wow. And, hence, and that's how they got the family name. Uh, the Scottish names MacWorther and MacWarder, similarly enough, denote that they had some sort of Kruth player in their family, in their family history. You know what I like about this instrument? And this is like a very me thing to say, but I like how square it is. How like, square it is. Like, when was the last time you saw an instrument as square as... And how flat it is. As the, it, it's, it's, it's extremely flat. It's really like you took a rectangle, you punched out half of it, threw some strings across it, and then you played it. It's like, it's very... <laughs> I bet it's easy to travel with. Yes. Th this, this instrument, more than any other that I can think of, 
besides maybe the harmonica or any instrument you could fit in your pocket was just like built to take with you it's kind of like built to bring around with you i could i could totally see people in like 14th century whales mm-hmm. like just walking around with this thing well and and it strikes me as like it looks like the first pass of an instrument like this is like the prototype before they built the real one and they're yeah, like we're, we're gonna make too. it look much better in the final version i promise this is this is not what it's this gonna is... look like when it's done and then they just kept it this is just the floor model. This yeah. Is the, uh, and, I, bad. and I like that. It's very honest about what it is. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, the crew. It's a, a very lively instrument. Very mysterious. Like I said, I think it, it kind of has a, uh, an Asian feel to it. Like, a, a, or like a, you know, in, in the steppes in yep. Central Asia, they have instruments that are kind of like this one have that same sound and that same like look to it i'm always amazed at how they can get string instruments to sound so different from one another because my naive brain would assume you run some strings it's all going to sound the same um yeah i'm I'm always interested how to me just on like a a fundamental thought level this should sound the same as a violin right i mean it's a very similar concept a bow and strings across a span but it's um it's pretty neat that it that's not the case sounds completely different completely yeah. different and it, all, it all has to do i mean again i'm no expert but it all has to do with the length of the strings and i guess the, the materials the used and material and like the combination of different the different strings when they sound when you're playing them at the same time is yep. very important yep and of course how they're tuned how they're yep. wrapped around the the knobs mm-hmm. is a role too yeah uh, I haven't been able to see. I'm trying to find how many strings that instrument has. The, I count the, five on this YouTube on video. Five, five okay. or six. That makes sense because I believe the lyre, the ancient Roman instrument, had five strings. Mm-hmm. This is a clear descendant of that instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a, that's a new one for me. I hadn't heard that. Another fun fact: the crew is a uh, it gets its it gets its name from the medieval latin word uh the name for this instrument which was the chorus which i guess then was uh associated with you know the word the chorus that we know today like a group of people singing or back in um it was then used. It was used by playwrights to denote like, uh, like a group of people kind of chiming in. Once again, uh, Matt, we're the, educating the people. What what a show! Yeah, we you know we always seem to have some uh, really doing a service to the to nation. And uh, yeah, and, and before before researching for this show, I had no idea that this crew existed. And I, now, man, I don't think anyone did. <laughs> I don't think anybody did outside of Wales. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that yeah, that's cool. That's the crew. That's about all. That I'm going to say about that. Okay. Um, and uh, what instrument do we have for uh, the fine folks at home next? Well, I don't know, Matt. I-, I could go on a rant about why does the French horn think it's so goddamn fancy over a regular trumpet? But I don't think anyone wants to hear that. Do you have a better it's thing? French. That's I'm... pretty easy. No, but it's, it's like, it's, why is it all got to be all fancy and curvy and, and st- just, dude? It's a trumpet. Like, it doesn't get simpler than that. Like, you blow in the air and out comes the sound. Like, I don't. Even a trombone is kind of flashy because because you, you're doing the big the slider thing, and it's like, dude, take it down a notch. Just a couple of buttons. It's not hard. I, I don't know. I expect any horn that's French 
it's going to call itself the French horn to be uh, as flashy, as flashy, and as fancy as as the French themselves. And what's the, where's the tuba get off? I mean, you know, don't you're way too impractical tuba. Like, take it down a notch. Jeez, it's quite silly. No, I um. When it comes to musical instruments, the ones I find interesting are the like, the the super absurdly specific percussion type instruments like woodblock and the triangle and all the different chimes and bells, um, because you don't see them very often, but they're so very specific. Like wood block. It is literally a block of wood. And I think that's cool. Yeah. And you can have different blocks of woods that make different sounds. Um, for me, I just kind of like the fundamental simplicity of the concept. You like keeping it basic. I like keeping, keeping it basic. Uh, the, the the it's a good it's a good philosophy that like it basically like anything around you can be uh, a musical instrument. It's like it reminds me of Stomp Out Loud. You ever hear yep. them? Yep. Stomp Out Loud. Yeah, they they uh, the urban band or something. Yeah, they, they call the, it the dance movement. movement. Yeah, something. Yeah, they they uh, they were really big for a while there in the nineties, the early two thousands. Yeah, not really anymore. Uh, but yeah. uh, stomp out loud. Um, yeah. Um, now, from stomping out loud mm-hmm. to playing an instrument that's made entirely out of glass. Oh my God! What could it be? You definitely would want to stomp on it. It's called the glass harmonica. Interestingly enough. Um, there's a couple of really interesting things about this this uh, instrument that I'd like to get into. Uh, first off, the glass harmonica predates what we know as the harmonica by uh, almost a hundred years. Um, it was invented in the 18th century by a very very, very, very famous inventor. And, uh, in fact, I bet um, the folks at home could probably guess who invented this if I just gave them one one hint. You can play along, too, if you want, Sean. Oh, okay, well, of course my first guess is going to be um, Theodore Glass and Stephen Harmonica. That would be a good guess, but it would also be the wrong guess. Oh. Um, uh, the hint I'm going to give you is... Uh, Flying a kite in a lightning storm. Oh, that would be Franklin Delano Roosevelt. That would be Benjamin Franklin, That's... and he invented the glass harmonica. Of course, in he did. 1761. Of course, he did. Uh, he named it the harmonica, which is based on the Italian word armonia, meaning harmony. Uh, what we know as the harmonica was not invented until 1821, 60 years after this instrument. And that's the glass harmonica. Oh, look at that. That's cool. That's cool. Go watch a video version, folks, listening uh, to the audio, cause, or at least go to YouTube and watch. It's it's uh, pretty neat to watch how, watch him play. Such a haunting instrument. Oh, it's very spooky. Very spooky. It sounds like... Yeah. It sounds like when you... Um, when you take your finger around the rim of wine, of like wine glasses, you ever do that? Yeah, I you think that's finger. exactly what this is. I think it's the same exact concept. It, it, it uses it, friction. Yes, the friction between the tips of your fingers on the uh, the glass to yes. make that, that it's a, echoey sound. It's exactly what it 
what it reminds me of. Yeah, I, I think it's it's essentially just rotating wine glasses uh, on, that, on a, that, that a motorized very lightly. It looks in a like sequential order. It looks like it was invented by someone of Benjamin Franklin's era. Yeah, for sure. Now, Matt, this is a bit off topic, but I've got to ask this. Yes. Do you think people like Benjamin Franklin invented a lot of stuff because they were smart or because it was easier to invent stuff back then? Because I feel like, and maybe I'm biased because I live now, but Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, oh, Benjamin Franklin, he's got a gazillion patents and he invented all this stuff. And it's like, well, you know, like, is the idea of a fire department really that that great right. of an idea? Or well, was it just because there were, weren't were a lot of ideas already done that it was well, here's, like low-hanging fruit? Yeah. I'll tell you the prevailing theory on Please. that. And actually, it's it's not because um, – they're not, be, not really so much out of a necessity as it kind of is out of, of a lack of other things to do, mm. interestingly enough. I think that – uh, back in 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 the era of most of the great inventors that we today recognize as being you know, great inventors, uh, you had a lot of a lot of free time, um, and not necessarily how we would think of free time. You would think of it, you know, if you're working in your workshop with all of these tools around you, all of these like um, pieces of things that could be combined to mm-hmm. form larger things. These these gears and and potential uh, instruments that you can just combine to form something bigger, you know, you're going to get ideas. You're going to start tinkering with things. A lot of people were much more um, crafty in terms of they were like more, they were artisans. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, you have a lot of people that work um, in, in uh, different environments with technology. And they can do great things with technology too, but most of the times they, they then sell those ideas to companies, um, Although that's even that trend has started sort of like going in the opposite direction because now you have a lot more independent developers of uh, technologies of of uses for technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but back, you know, back before all of this, this uh, these computers and these, uh, you know, internet, all of that, you had people that just kind of like sat in their workshops and tinkered because they either they could afford to, like Ben Franklin, who's independently wealthy. Or you uh, had people who worked around things all the time and were essentially experts working with glass, working with copper, working with um, barrels, working with any sort of uh, anything that needed to be fashioned. Mm-hmm. They could actually like fashion do it into it. something. I couldn't do that. Different. Uh, well, I, I, if you, you know, I figure if you give you give it enough time, enough practice, a lot of these people also. That's another thing is that they were trained from birth. Mm-hmm. to do these things they were they were raised in this environment they were brought up in apprenticeships and they were uh sort of kind of brought up on this one track you know you were going to be a craftsman mm-hmm. for the rest of your life you were going to work with uh making cannonballs for the rest of your life or making uh silverware for the rest of your life and if you know if you're around that all the time you're going to get good at, at sort of crafting things and coming up with better ways to improve on things what what boggles my mind is the medical advances mm. the medical advances that have been made since uh, just as as early as recent as the 1940s have been tremendous um 
and where they come up with that idea that just has to be a you know a fundamental uh, well founding in science you have to have a good a good uh, a good mind for for medicine for science for all right so nature i would posit though see now my theory around that would be it was a science free for all back in those days right you didn't have to get patient approval to test something and you didn't have to get permission from the government to sell something and you didn't also time was more of the essence back then where if you got sick you died um whereas you get sick and it takes a lot you have time to there's no rush there's no immediacy i read a story today about how very narrowly the plague came into the united states during world war ii um it's a little known thing in in new york city a a ship from west africa came into port uh, with rats on it carrying fleas with the plague on it and it was only because there was such little oversight in the division that was tasked with monitoring the ports that they were able to stop the rats before they left the ship and actually get into the city it was a very close call but you know they didn't have to follow biohazard protocol and they didn't have to do all these things we have to do today they were able to just do what they thought was right in the moment and they ended up saving the the city from a potentially serious threat so that that would that would be my thought is is it was just if you wanted to know how something worked in the human body you just opened up a human body and found out right Uh, that definitely makes sense i think that there was a lot there's a lot less regulation there's a lot less i think a lot less business Mm. um regulating education you did it because you were um, curious not because you wanted to make money you kind of had less uh, it was it was less of a uh i mean great example the inventor of the of the polio vaccine right uh salk Uh, jonas salk he he um could have patented the Mm -hmm. invention Mm -hmm. he could have made millions of dollars selling the invention the uh you know this this vaccine but he said you know i don't want that i don't i I just want it to get out to as many people as possible and i want them to become immunized yep so i mean i'm sure he made a pretty penny off of it in the long run but you know, he, he got it out to, uh, he did the, right to thing. the people that really needed it. Yep. And so that was something else, too. Um, nowadays, there's the, there's always conspiracy theorists. And I don't know how, how much of it, you know, we all choose to believe. But they say, like, oh, you know, they, they could have cured diabetes years ago. But they make more money selling the, uh, the treatment for the symptoms than they do for the cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, interesting thoughts. Matt, we're... Uh... We're out of time. Do you have any closing thoughts on uh, on any of the musical instruments we discussed this evening? We spent about sixty percent of the show talking about musical instruments. I realize that we did. We Still got a, we got a majority. That's a majority. It 60% is sixty percent is a than majority half. in my book. Yes. Um, I heard an interesting fact. I mean, an interesting quote today actually about the word majority. Right. It's a quote from Andrew Jackson, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was in a book I was reading. And it, it, a quote, a famous quote from Andrew Jackson was. Um, the man with the loudest voice, though he may be part of the minority, he himself transforms it into the majority. Wow. That's such a nice sentiment. (laughs) I like that. That's right. Very nice. Uh, yeah. So I guess in closing, I would have to say that, um, uh, we are the music makers. We are the dreamers of dreams. 
though we are the only movers and shakers of the world, it seems. That quote was from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate (laughs) Oh, man. We should do a show about Willy Wonka at some point. I would love to. There's a lot to get into there. I do do have a lot to say. A lot of depth. Didn't we? Oh, well, we did, actually, because we did it in the remakes episode. We talked about Johnny Depp's updated version, so we did talk about it. We mentioned it, but we could probably have a whole show where we just, like, talk about it. And its implications. Yo, it has boy. a lot of implications. I gotta go rewatch that. That's a that's a classic. You lose. Much you classic. get Good day, nothing. Sir. Good day, sir. <laughs> good day. The best moments. Oh, so good. So many. That was that was internet gold back in two thousand and six. Yeah. Everybody liked that one. Yeah. It was a it was a meme. Meme. It was as, one of the earliest yes. memes back in the Meme-mes. day. May maze. Um, well, very good. Well, thanks everybody out there for joining us. Hope you had fun this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another topic and more to say. If you want to be part of that, again, GoldilocksShow.com, uh, SoundCloud.com slash GoldilocksShow for the audio, and follow us on Twitter at GoldilocksShow as well. Uh, if you have feedback or anything you want uh, to tell us or, or whatever on Twitter, and of course we have an email, GoldilocksShow at gmail.com also is another great way to get a hold of us. Um, on behalf of Matt, thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you next time for more Goldilocks Zone. Thank you.